Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Do you want to initiate a life of adventure and start your own location-independent business that can support you from anywhere? Then go check out the new manifesto on lifestyle design, authored by yours truly, Buy Your Own Island, now available on Amazon. It's been called inspiring and empowering and one of the best new books on entrepreneurship. Lifestyle design for 2015 and beyond. Look for it on Amazon or go download the audiobook for free at buyyourownisland.com forward slash audio dash book. Hey, so I'm here today with Nick Loper. Just wanted to welcome you to the show, Nick. Well, thanks so much for having me. If you guys don't know Nick already, he is a self-published author. He's published four books through Amazon, all within the entrepreneurial space, including Work Smarter, which has 350-plus online resources to increase your productivity, Treadmill Desk Revolution, Virtual Assistant Assistant, and Small Business Website Checklist. He's also the chief behind the popular digital nomad blog, Side Hustle Nation, and host of the Side Hustle Show podcast. In addition to the books, blog, and podcast, he's also published several courses on Udemy. And uh, Nick, did I miss anything? Well, that, those are the, uh, <laughs> that's my claim to fame, <laughs> well, I guess. So uh, always trying different things and seeing, seeing what sticks. Well, why don't you take me a little bit back uh, Tell me a little bit about your backstory uh, beyond that that brief introduction there. My background in in online business was with uh, affiliate marketing, and so that's kind of how I got my start in uh, in the online world, in the side hustling world, in the location independent world. Um, I built a footwear comparison shopping site that ran for almost nine years, almost ten years. It did. Um, you know, it, it had a good run, and it finally just had to uh, had to shut it down this past summer, as kind of the margins were were no longer interesting to to play along with, and just like I don't want to suck any more time and in, in investment into this thing. And since there's other stuff that is hopefully going to be, hopefully can replace that, and hopefully be a little bit more fun to work on. So when were when did you start out, Nick? What year? I started doing started in affiliate stuff in 2004. 2004, and how has it changed since uh, 2004? As one as one example, I started out doing like direct linking, direct to merchant, uh, pay per click, as it was called. So I would find a product to you know find a pair of shoes to sell. It was like New Balance model number X Y Z, and uh, send people directly to that um, to the product page on the retailer site and link it with my affiliate link. And I don't know if that's really allowed anymore by Google, or if it is, you maybe have to get special permission from the advertiser to do that. But, you know, there's been so, so many changes. Like, I think you used to have to tag your text, your text ads with like AFF to let the customer know it was an affiliate link for some reason. Like, they don't care. It's like, whatever, just give me the shoes. Um, silly stuff. But the, the, the the biggest takeaway on the affiliate business that I can offer is, you know, finding 
a way to like, like any business, right? Like it's, you have to treat it like a business and you have to think of like, what's my unique selling proposition in this? Cause like throwing up a, you know, a, a blog and having an affiliate link on, it's probably not going to, it's probably not going to do the trick. And you think of some big, big name, um, you know, affiliates in the business, like, re, like retail me not, or like uh trip advisor or something like that. It's like they've, you know, built kind of a household brand out of out of an affiliate business, and, and you, you probably don't have to go to that scale. But like to think of something similar that you could you could turn into a viable business. Is your dog your business partner, Nick? I just I heard her in the background. He is. It's it's almost time for him to go out, so I'm trying to throw something at him to shut him up. Oh. <laughs> That's all right. So, this this is the side hustle Shih Tzu over here. Side hustle Shih Tzu. <laughs> So he, so if you have an idea, you, you vet it with your side hustle Shih Tzu, right? And whether he barks, depending on how he barks. Uh, yeah, one one bark for yes, two barks for no, something like that. <laughs> We've got a good system. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're you're full time working from home, or because I know the, the the title of your blog is called the side hustle, but uh, you um, you're just a full time entrepreneur then, right? Webpreneur. It is. It is. So, so it's all geared towards, you know, stuff that can be done part-time or stuff that can be started part-time, but I've been, uh, I've been full-time self-employed f- since 08. Okay. And so you started out, you were an entrepreneur then you were working in a, a regular job before that. Yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was working corporate for, for Ford, Ford motor company and was building the, the shoe business on the side. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so you, why did you leave Ford? You weren't feeling challenged or um, you just had the entrepreneurial itch? Yeah, I had built up the, built up the affiliate business to a point where I was finally comfortable to, uh, to give my notice and strike out on my own. And I was probably <laughs> a little naive in, in doing so because it was like, you know, kind of picturing the, you know, the four hour work week type of lifestyle and it's been anything but that, but it, I'm glad I got out when I did because the very next day, like I got slapped by, by Google on a, on a quality, uh, quality algorithm update or something. And, you know, had I waited, I might not have never gotten up the nerve to do it again. Cause it's like, Oh gosh, this is really scary stuff. Like I've got to start from scratch now. So basically you left your job, you got slapped and then you, you're kind of falling without a parachute. Basically you had to make it work, right? You, you know, it was very much one of those, you know, burn the ships moments like, oh, well, I'm all in on this now. So I've got to find a way to, to make it work. So it was kind of three months of reinvestment and re, redevelopment to build landing pages that, you know, met their obscure guidelines that they don't really tell you what they are. And how long did it take until you were able to replace your uh, the full time income you had from your job? Um, you're starting out. So I would. It was three years of doing the business before I quit, and it was probably a year or a year and a half before I kind of was seeing a similar level of income. And I probably stuck around longer than I longer than I needed to, but just wanted to be just wanted to be sure. I wanted to build up a little bit of history before just you know cutting the ties because inertia is a powerful thing too it's like you know I'm, I'm doing both right now why can't i just keep doing both like it's it's a really it's really tough to kind of make those big fork in the road decisions i see and when was the moment when you you knew that you're going to commit to being an entrepreneur well it's a it's a powerful 
thing or it's an empowering thing when you when you built up that income stream on the side and you can go into work and with the attitude of like I don't even need I don't even need to be here. I don't even need this job. So it's like if something <laughs> happens, you're just like I don't I don't even care. You know, it, it kind of resets your attitude versus one of like you know being like a like a servant or being in a in a position of desperation to being a position of power. Gotcha. And so you probably don't I guess you don't do well with a boss or being told what to do. I take it yeah, I don't. I don't know. We had a, we had a weird relationship. Like he knew about the business, and it yeah. was fine with that. And he kind of told me like very early on, like you, you're never you're never going to be a superstar or something. I was like, is that meant to motivate me or to try and get me out earlier? It was, I don't know. It was weird. I just he never said, saw myself. You're never going to be a superstar. Is that what he told you? Yeah, yeah. He's like, that's that's the scouting report we got from your your office in Atlanta, where I moved, where I've been transferred from. And I was like great like why are you telling me it was weird um wow and what were you doing what were you doing there at fort uh so it was a sales organization so it was kind of in in so it was on their parts and service division so i'd drive around to their different dealers talk to them about their service and parts business help with customer issues and um you know try and sell them accessories that they you know could install on the cars (laughs) okay gotcha gotcha yeah, I can definitely relate, Nick. Um, to my last job, uh, I was traveling uh, last summer and just uh, had to work at a resort, you know, to pay the bills for a little while. And I, I'm an entrepreneur. I just and I hated having the director, you know, always telling me, "Oh, you have to shave before every shift, or you have to tuck your shirt in when you go to dinner, or you know, and all these all these rules." And and I just uh, I felt trapped. I felt like I was caged, and I, I had to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So and, and so you did. Yeah. <laughs> and after that experience, I was like, you know, I, I don't care. I'm never going to have a boss or have to answer to anyone again. I don't care if, you know, success or fail. I got to I got to do this. You know. <clears throat> so I guess flash flash forward to now, uh, 2015. What I what I really like about you, Nick, is that you've been kind of a experimentalist, testing out a bunch of different ways to make money online. Uh, one of the favorite stories I, I read from your blog is your experience with Fiverr, where you actually earned uh, $920 in just 10 days. Is that right? That was the, uh, you know, that was the buzzworthy headline, although it was, you know, several months in the making before those 10 days, uh, you know, started. But, you know, it's it's fun. I'm really glad that I have have done that so kind of like i come to side hustle nation from the position of like look if you have one source of income your day job like that's an inherently risky position to be in and then when i got google slapped on day one i realized i was in just just as bad a position or just as risky a position when you're when you're relying on one source of income if, even if it's your business you know and especially so if, if you're relying on one source of traffic for that so kind of set in motion even though it was several years um you know, in the making, like the idea of building, you know, several different streams, trying to build a diversified base. And one of those experiments was with Fiverr, like you said, because I'd interviewed this guy. Uh, his his Fiverr screen name is Anarcho Fighter or Anarcho Revolutionary Anarcho Fighter. And his uh, his claim to fame was I earned enough money on Fiverr my first year on the site to buy a house like in the U.S. And I was like, 
oh my god like because i never given it a second thought of course i used it for articles and graphics and you know a dozen other things but never even gave it a second thought as a seller like what could i sell for four dollars to because they take a 20 percent cut to that could possibly be worthwhile and he's like look it's the website of goods and services starting at five dollars it's all about the upsell baby and I was like, oh, it's a very much a light bulb moment. And he went on to explain how all the $5 gigs are kind of either, you know, real quick software delivery kind of things. I'm going to plug whatever formula into my machine and it's going to spit back out whatever result you bought. Or I'm going to send you a quick PDF file of, you know, whatever, you know, thing. And so that's how I started. I started with these couple like ebooks that I had and put them on there and for a while they did they did well they haven't sold as well lately but it come it kind of comes and goes in spurts it seems like their their ranking algorithms are probably based on like you know recent recent sales and reviews right so if you have you know if you're making sales that can lead to making more sales um but then i got brave and started doing these like website reviews for people. I said, "Look, I'll turn on the uh, I'll turn on the screen recorder and I'll talk over your website for five minutes on, you know, SEO usability, conversion, design, like whatever comes to my whatever comes to my mind." And you know, I was getting you know a few orders a month for that for the first couple months. And all of a sudden, I woke up with like my inbox flooded with orders. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? And so I load the Fiverr homepage and there's my mug on the on the homepage. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to fill all these orders? So I had to like go in and, you know, change the promised delivery time and just get to work hustling these things. So Wait, what were you doing? It, you're, you're personally creating videos, uh, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be like I would load your load your Web page, turn on the screen recorder and then just like talk about ways to improve the site. Oh, wow. And you're not doing that for five dollars. I take it. That's probably an upsell. No, that was that was the base gig. That was the five minute five minute video was oh, the base no. gig. <laughs> and so it was it's not as bad as it sounds. So if you're banging them out, uh, you know, back to back to back, you could probably do, you know, five, five or six in an hour. And so it's not horrible. And then with the upsells, which was like, you know, a deeper dive into SEO recommendations, deeper dive into some marketing recommendations, ended up being ended up being okay. And there was like a book upsell and like an extra fast delivery upsell. So ended up being Okay, but it was definitely a lot of hustle to deliver all those. Wow, what a, what a story! What an experience! <laughs> so, in addition, it to was fun. I should I should add too, because Fiverr is so heavily trafficked, yeah. you never know who you're going to meet on there. And I met, you know, I met one coaching client there. I met another like mastermind <laughs> group member there, and it's just kind of, you know, people kind of proactively look you up if you deliver big value. And, you know, Fiverr is very anti, like, you know, contacting people off platform. But if people, if people look you up, hey, sure, you know, I'm not going to fight that. So it's actually a viable uh, lead source then. Because I always, I always see it like, you know, people dancing and, you know, singing on there and doing these really silly videos and, and stuff. And uh, I thought it was more kind of just for fun, but I didn't realize that uh, it was a legitimate uh, place to, to put yourself as a, a marketing consultant. Yeah, it could be. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like something that I'll do forever, but it's it's kind of fun too. Okay, and you start to see, and so then, 
I started to see like a pattern, right? Like after looking at, you know, a hundred of these different websites and that kind of fueled the content for, uh, for a book that became the, the small business website checklist. And so it's, it's been, I don't know, it's been fun. <laughs> I love how you're so hands-on and you, you see something, you interview somebody and then you just, uh, you see a good idea and you try it, you implement it. It's good and bad, right? Because like every week there's a new, there's a new shiny object to chase down. <laughs> like, oh, I should try that. That sounds cool. But trying to pick and choose which ones to, uh, to focus on, how to, how to spend that energy. Yeah, that was one of the struggles I had when I was starting out in the space is that uh, there's just so much information out there, you know, and um, it can be quite overwhelming. I have, you can have like a whole hard drive full of uh, courses and stuff that you've downloaded from you know, back in a few years ago, Frank Kern, you know, Ryan Dice, all these guys, uh, Evan Pagan, uh, Mike Keenix, uh, you know, and, and it's it's like, Nick, I feel so overwhelmed and, and I forget the original point of why I, I got on this path in the first place, which was to, to make money. And um, I, looking at your site, you have uh, one blog post that's uh, 79 side hustle business ideas that you can start today. Um what what would you recommend to people if they just want to get started and get the fastest path to their first dollar and just kind of build on that that reinforcement that positive reinforcement? So probably two fastest ways. Um, okay. One would be to sell some kind of service, right? So like you don't need a website, you don't need to create a product. You just find find some some skill that you have and and. You know, if you've ever had a job in your life, you have a skill that's worth paying for, right? Because some, somebody was paying you to do some job. If you can find a customer, all of a sudden you're in business. So that would be the fastest way to get started. You know, you can find clients through personal network, personal outreach, um, through, you know, freelance sites, through Fiverr, whatever, you know, whatever it is. As long as you get that first, first customer, then you're all of a sudden in business. And I think that's the fastest way to get started because you don't, like I said, you don't need to build a website. You don't need to have a logo. You don't need to do any of this nonsense. The other way, actually I'll do three because, because this other one is really hot. But so number two would be to tap into like the, the sharing economy, which is stuff like your, your Uber drivers, your Lyft drivers, your, uh, your Airbnb hosts, your your task rabbits, your um, your dog sitters. Oh my gosh! Uh, a friend of mine sent me a note the other day. Him and his girlfriend had made like two grand in the past three months, like just dog sitting on on Rover.com. It was or or DogVacay.com was another one. Wow. It's like Airbnb <laughs> for dogs. I was like, I'm like this close to putting up a profile. So I was like, oh, <laughs> my little guy, you got a little guy, you get out some company during the day, huh, buddy? <laughs> do you do you travel around or is it just in your hometown to take care of the pets during the daytime yeah so it would be you know weird <laughs> i i am 99 percent location independent but i do spend 99 percent of my time you know right here at home so it could be a good could be another little little side hustle for us <laughs> what, what was the third one that you were going to mention the third one that is super hot right now is uh amazon fba and so the the quick way to get started with this is the the retail arbitrage game, which is like finding going to the clearance section of Walmart and finding the you know scanning the items to see if there's a spread between what it's selling for locally and what it's selling for on Amazon. And if that spread is big enough, you know buying as many of those things as you can, shipping them off to Amazon and having the Amazon ship them off to customers for you. Like my friend, <laughs> my friend found like some toilet wands for like a buck 19 and he's like hey they were 12 dollars online so i bought a hundred of them and i was like 
Okay. So this is how it works. It's, it's still a little bit of a hustle because you got to go out and scan all this stuff, trying to find the winners. <laughs> the way to scale it up is to, uh, to bring your own private label products to, to market. And so we talked about this on a recent podcast where in the example we were looking at at the time was like uh, onion goggles. So this is, these are goggles um, <laughs> apparently you wear to prevent crying while you're cutting onions. And they were selling for $20 on Amazon. And so he took me over to Alibaba and like, look, these cost $250 to manufacture. And so like I could bring... I can bring somebody else has already validated the market, right? Because he was looking at like the sales rank on Amazon. Like these are selling. I don't know why, but these are selling. And so I can bring my own onion goggles to market to compete with this guy. And it's like there's already a proven demand for this this type of product. So if I can compete on design or I can compete on price or I can compete on my sales page or whatever it is. Um, so I thought that was an interesting way to scale it up. A little bit more investment <laughs> involved up front. Um but, uh, but definitely a little more scalable than doing the, the scanning at the stores. Onion goggles, I like that. <laughs> I think I heard from, I think it was maybe Neil Strauss that, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think if you chew gum while chopping onions, it keeps you from crying. Have you tried that one, Nick? I haven't tried that hack. I'll, I'll have to give it a shot. <laughs> maybe that's a new life hack there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just one of his, his pickup lines or something. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but <laughs> that's, that's it's, a, it's an attention getter. Yeah, so fulfillment by Amazon. So how would, so how does it work exactly uh, with this? Because I'm not, I'm not too familiar. I, so how it works is you kind of bulk package the stuff up to uh, to send into their warehouse or send into you know a couple of their different warehouses, and then that's listed on their on their site as one of the sale options. So it might say like also available through these sellers in the sidebar and you could be one of those sellers. So not something that I've done myself because I rarely find myself, you know, just wandering the aisles of, of Walmart. But it's <laughs> uh, you know, several, several people this year have have come to me and said, man, like I I took action on this and and it really works. So pretty interesting stuff. So what are some other interesting uh, side hustles that you've uh, uncovered or, or guests that you've had on your show, interviews? I'm just curious. All sorts of stuff. So the ones that, that I'm excited about, and it's kind of where, you know, being in the position of, a, of, of having a job, like of doing this on the side, kind of puts you in a unique position because instead of you know, needing to go out and, you know, score freelancing clients, score service-based clients to to pay the rent next month, you have a little bit more flexibility. You can spend your time on some more speculative projects, right? That may not ring the cash register immediately, but have the potential to earn passive income for, for months or years down the road, right? And so that could be something like building uh, building a course, building an information product, building or writing ebook. And that's kind of where like if you were, especially if you have a really good job and you're kind of cush, you're kind of comfortable, like why not invest some of that time to to build an asset like that? I think that's a that's a pretty fun way to go. So I guess there's two kinds of uh, schools of thought regarding this. Um, one is you know burn the ships, go all in, and then the other is is don't be too dependent, have a backup plan, right? Do you feel that? Um, if, if you're already focused on, you already have a nine to five job, does it kind of take away and detract from your, your side hustle a little bit? 
Yeah, it depends on your it depends on your goals, right? So there's okay. there's people I talk to who are side hustlers but love their job and they're like I I have no intention of of leaving it and other people are like I got to get out as soon as I can. And depending on which end of the spectrum you fall on, I think that'll dictate your dictate your strategy. Okay, I see. That's that's really interesting because um I know for me personally like uh if I have one gig going on and I, I feel like I want to do something else, I'll just keep pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. And then I'll just, either I'll never get started or I won't take it seriously. And I guess, I think it's just a mental thing, you know. Um, like, like writing a book, for example, you know. I, 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 I had my other business going on. I was working with clients, but then I, I felt very, I didn't feel passionate about it, Nick. And I just, uh, you know, I, I realized I really just wanted to write a book and, and do something else. Um, so I, I think that's, that's really interesting. So what, what is the thing that really holds people back from, uh, successfully creating a, a side hustle? What do you say? Uh, you know, not, not knowing what action to take, not fi- I mean, <laughs> if you want to get really meta, like the, the biggest thing is not finding customers, right? Like I got to find somebody to turn this into a business and, and to do that, I got to have somebody pay me. Right. Um, but like it, it runs the runs the gamut. So I ask the question, you know, what's you know what's your biggest challenge or what's holding you back? And I get stuff like, um, you know, time is a super common one. Um, you know, I don't have I don't have money, which is like you probably don't need to invest a ton of money to start something up. Like I don't know, you know, if that should necessarily be holding you back. Um, time, money, and ideas are the big three, though. Like, I don't know, I don't know what to work on. And so try and try and combat those through the content on the site of like, like you mentioned at sidehustlenation.com slash ideas with, you know, a constantly updated list of, of all the different or several different things that you can, you can try to get the creative juices flowing. So these are just basically excuses then because the opportunities are there. Um, you did an interview I recently, because uh, I'm, I'm thinking of doing an Udemy course. I listened to your interview with uh, Scott Britton. And mm-hmm. he was saying how he created his first course uh, for sleep optimization, and he only he did it with a PowerPoint, and uh, it only took him eighteen hours. Is that right? That was pretty nuts because I created a course. It took me a lot more than eighteen hours. Okay. Um, so very impressed with Scott, and and I think definitely the exception to the rule, but does show you what's what's possible out there. Yeah, and I took one of your courses uh, by the way, and it was outstanding. That was the uh, Kindle launch plan. Um, I think the title was sixteen hundred dollars in thirty days. Is that right? Something like that. You know, some sort of uh, you know buzzworthy <laughs> promise. <laughs> so um, it's, it's at uh, it's at KindleLaunchCourse.com. We have a nice discount for your listeners over there. Oh, awesome! Thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, so go check that out. It's a great course. Uh, I learned a ton uh, when I published my book. Um, would you say that some of these platforms, I mean, you mentioned the sharing economy, you mentioned Rover, um, you mentioned Fiverr, a lot of these platforms get a lot of traffic like Udemy, Amazon. Um, would you say that's a, a good place to start, especially if you don't have your own, uh, platform? Uh, for, for books, especially for courses, especially because it's like, you know, here's a built in audience that's proven to like pay for you know, the type of content that you're selling. So it's a perfect place to be. Um, with Udemy, the advantage is, you know, you don't have to worry about video hosting. You don't have to worry about creating a sales page, you know, because that's like, that's all built into their, 
to their platform. And if you drive the traffic, if you do have an existing audience or user base, they're going to give you 90, 97% of the revenue. And so I was like, "That's uh, I'm willing to trade 3% for not having to worry about all this other nonsense, payment processing, they handle it all. And it's like, you got to assume they're already doing the the conversion testing to, you know, make a nice looking sales page and show you the social proof of how many people are enrolled and how many reviews there are. So it's pretty cool stuff. And plus, you know, built in affiliate capabilities, built in, you know, coupon functionality, really cool stuff. And then the the upside is the the theory or the the idea of, you know, tapping into the the marketplace for incremental revenue to tap into a bigger audience than you could ever reach on your own. Right? Like you could sell you could sell an ebook on your own website for probably a lot more than you could get for it on Amazon, but you can only reach a tiny fraction of of the people. Right. And and that's one of the, the caveats is that uh, you can keep more of the profits and you can charge more, but uh, you have to drive your, all of your own traffic, you know, you have to create your own ads, you have to do all this other stuff and I feel like it's a bit overwhelming for people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, if you've got, and it's kind of like the, you know, the Pat Flynn model, right? Like if you've got a a, a, a raving fan base that would pay, you know, whatever for it, like, you know, and even in the example of like the the lead exam stuff, it's like, you know, it doesn't make sense to put that on Amazon because you've already got the traffic of people who are, you already created the resource for these people. They're you know, they're already, um, you know, really excited about what you have to say. They already know you. They already trust you. And so, you know, putting it up for sale, you could charge, you know, 10 times more than you could for it on Amazon and, and keep a higher percentage of the profits at that, too. But if you're if you're a relative no name, you know, it doesn't make sense to put you put something on your site. You might make you might make a sale, but it's like, you know, you can reach way, way more people uh, on Amazon, kind of spread your message, spread your brand. And, and expose more people to your to your material that way. I see. So basically, the overarching strategy is is you just want to be really productive and just kind of create new products, more and more products. Would you say and and have them out on different platforms? Because I know like someone like uh, Chris Gillibo, for example. I mean, he sells books both through his website, but then he also has books in bookstores as well. Um, so so is that is that kind of your path going forward? It just kind of being really prolific product creator. What do you say? Trying to be better at that. So it's been like six months since I, you know, had a had a book come out, and so trying to balance the <laughs> the creation and the consumption, like you said, and just being being better about that. But it is the shiny objects and always chasing the next thing. So <laughs> I need to. So I, I asked. A, I asked um, you in a survey, like, what project should I tackle next? to my to my readers and they said you know a combination of things they said one thing that would be really compelling is watching me chart, try and chase down 10 different income streams to a certain level I'm like oh god i was afraid of that guy's like this again i got my work cut out for me and the second thing was like you know doing some sort of public coaching project like trying to take somebody from you know from idea to to viable side hustle business and you know looking for volunteers for that and it could be a fun you know, year-long project, but definitely have have some work to do on the on the content creation side because that's kind of what drives the growth of the site, and also and also some income as well because it's like okay, if you can prove that you had success on this, and then you can turn around and share the case study, then that's uh, that's pretty fun. 
So they're challenging you to create this. Uh, do you have different ideas for these 10 different income streams, Nick? So I've got several going. <laughs> you know, I've got the Kindle stuff. Okay. I've got the, you know, blog and podcast and coaching and consulting stuff. Um, I'm still doing some affiliate business. I've got the Fiverr thing, doing some freelancing stuff, doing some like peer-to-peer lending stuff. Um, so there's a bunch that's going on right now. And <laughs> the, the other <laughs> feedback is like, focus, pick something, do it, just pick something and do it, do it really well. Oh, there's the dog again. <laughs> I think he, he agrees with you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, come on, buddy, get it done. I need more gourmet kibble or something. <laughs> so 10 income streams plus you got to take care of the, the side hustle sheet too as well. And <laughs> <in> the <laughs> but yeah, I just work, yeah. you know, working on a bunch of these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the projects in the near term is probably to build like, you know, some service business to try and, you know, justify that or, or you know, test the waters and that because that's something I haven't done a lot of. Like you say, I was doing a lot of client work and, and didn't love it, but that's not something that I've done a ton of. So trying to go down go down that path and see if there's some takeaways that, that other people could apply there. I see. And what do you see as the biggest opportunity going forward? Um, well, the biggest, that's a good question. Like for, for me or for, for everyone listening? Um, I, I don't know. I just, I'm curious where you see things going because uh, you have a lot of different ideas and a lot of things that you're, you kind of got a hand in, hand in a lot of different cookie jars. Um, as far as, you know, 2015 and, and going forward, uh, where do you see it going? So, you know, in, in 2014, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the content was around, you know, these other, these other platforms, like leveraging somebody else's audience. And it's the same, same theory as like guest posting, right? You know, leveraging the Amazon platform, leveraging the Udemy platform, leveraging the Fiverr platform and stuff like that. Now going forward, you know, I've been fortunate enough to build a little bit of my own platform. So I'm curious to see where where that goes. I don't know what I don't know I don't know yet what exactly that's gonna be, but but kind of continuing on that path and I don't know, like I've had I've had some luck in in doing these different experiments and sharing the results. So trying to keep keep that up people seem to people seem to like it so if it ain't broke don't fix it (laughs) yeah well i see a lot of people um in different groups you know asking how they can say earn a lifetime income through kindle publishing or something and i see other people answering you know kindle's only been around for a few years um you know there's no guarantee of lifetime income or anything like that it seems like the the arena keeps changing you know, and and I'm just trying to think what's what's the what should people focus on? Um, what's kind of, next? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and is it, is it really just about you know building your brand and your your audience and over time through different mediums? I guess is is kind of where it's at. Because I know a lot of people. Uh, I have a lot of friends who do are in affiliate marketing and they'll they'll do things like through ad networks and stuff. But then you know they'll get slapped or something and their whole business is gone you know, in a week or something? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's, it's less about building, uh, building a platform, but thinking about who you can serve, like what kind of, 
you know, what kind of audience, you know, business or otherwise that you can really help. And like, I probably backed into this with the shoe business. Like my, my intention to be a hundred percent honest is like, what can I do to make money? But a better, you know, question like, and it turned out to work because it was, it was a better comparison shopping experience than, than the, you know, other big sites that had to be everything to everyone, like by niching down to footwear, it, it did end up like being a helpful service, but it was kind of by accident that I stumbled into that. Um, and, and so that's, that's the main focus. And, and what kind of caused the shift in that was reading the go giver by, by Bob Berg. It was, it's kind of a cheesy sounding title, but it was, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just go over there just go over there um but actually it was really good like it's kind of told in parable and it's about you know giving value first and, and trusting that it will it will come back to you and i've definitely found that to be true and so that's what i'll plan to uh, try and continue to do for the rest of this year i i read the uh companion to that book go givers sell more and uh just a okay. great great book by the way yeah and um I really like that philosophy, like the way that, uh, you know, just, just, you can sell more just by helping people. And, you know, if, if you have a, if you have a question with someone, just, just ask them about their business, ask them, you know, what's, what's your challenge? What do you enjoy most about this industry? And just, you know, give value and and don't be so out to get something, you know, it's, it's kind of that whiskers and cheese, uh, sales model that Joe Polish talks about. Uh, mm-hmm. where you give, give them the cheese and, you know, but if they detect those whiskers that you're trying to sell them something that they'll run away. So you're just, just about giving value then I take it, right? I'm trying to be, I'm still, I'm not <laughs> quite there yet on the income level yet. So I got to sell yeah. something eventually, but, um, you know, kind of what the, give the, give the people what they want and then you'll be able to figure out what, um, you know, what service to offer after that. I see. So you, you on the side hustle stuff, right? So it's like, you know, that I had the goal of like turning that into a business and it's not quite, not quite a full-time thing yet. So still working on, on the monetization part of that, of that brand. I see. And, um, you also wrote a book called, uh, the treadmill desk revolution. Um, and also, uh, work smarter. That's all about, uh, ingraining habits into your daily rituals and, High, high leverage uh, habits, right? Can you can you tell me some of the stuff that you do? <laughs> uh, the tre- the treadmill desk book just kind of stemmed out of my own love of the treadmill desk that I've got upstairs because it's like, oh my gosh, I should have built this years ago. You can walk, you know, walk and work and get stuff done. It's awesome. the The work smarter book is a, is a collection of online resources. So not so much to do with habits, but you know what what tools apps and websites are the pros using to, you know, just get more done in their day. And that's actually compiled, um, probably 80, 90% from the, uh, entrepreneur on fire podcast archives. And so I started out as the idea for like a blog post, like, Oh, this is going to be a viral blog post. Cause my favorite part of John's show asking people like, what's your favorite resource? Cause like, it's a joy of discovery kind of thing. Like, Oh, I love, you know, finding new new apps and new websites and stuff. Um, and so <laughs> I had the idea to make a blog post out of that stuff and it kind of <laughs> grew past 
5,000 words, 10,000 words. Like, oh, I better turn this into something bigger. And that's when you had to reach out to to John and Kate and kind of ask for their their blessings. It was, you know, it was public information, but it was still like from their from their brand. So, but they were all for it. They were really excited for it. And so I was grateful to to be able to build that. And and it had some built-in virality to it because there was you know 500 entrepreneurs who had been who been you know cited for their resources and and then the 300 something companies that they named as as their favorite resources and so it was a, a ton of people to reach out to when the when the book went live oh awesome but is do you find that all of those apps and tools are they really helpful or is it going back to that uh shiny object uh, syndrome again <laughs> some of them i absolutely love like mm-hmm. in you know relatively recent discovery like in all these years of doing business online something like like LastPass, you know, is a relative newcomer to my arsenal. Like I can't live without it. Something like uh, Schedule Once, like we we use to schedule this meeting. Like absolutely can't live without it. You know, so stuff like that that really does end up, you know, being a, a big win in terms of like a new a new weapon in your in your toolkit. <laughs> it's like learning a new uh, a spell or something. Like uh, if you're playing a game, like learning a new skill or like if you're playing a video game you know getting getting right <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah. it's you know it's fun stuff and it's cool yeah. to like you know know these cool little hacks and like the other one is like this little text expander plugin that i use every day and i feel like such a ninja every time i use my little keyboard shortcuts it's like oh my gosh this is awesome how how come i wasn't doing this for years before <laughs> so that that's basically a tool where you take little snippets right and they just uh you, you pre-write messages and then you can, or just, how does it work exactly? Do you want to tell us about that? So like, um, I can't remember. Did you, did you send me a question like asking for a bio or for like a headshot for this, you know, for this interview? Yeah, exactly. So do you just, you just and so, plug a couple so I of have like and... bio, like if I type bio star, like it'll pre-populate that little bio. Or if I hit type HS star, it'll like pre-populate that little headshot Dropbox link. And so, so like it's stuff like that where it's like kind of for these common requests or, or whatever else. Like I have, you know, people asking for certain recommendations that I can just like auto populate in and then customize a little bit. It just saves a ton of time. Oh, awesome. And does that only work uh, on email or can you use it on other programs as well? It works. So the one I have is a Chrome plugin. So it works anything in the browser window. Oh, like on the Udemy course, right? So I sent you a, a welcome message when you joined the Udemy course, probably. And say, hey, you know, thanks for joining me in this course. Um, you know, any questions, feel free to reach out. By the way, you know, what's your book about? See you soon, Nick, right? And like, you know, that would be a pain in the butt to type out for 1,700 students. But it's like, okay, I just type UD star and it pre-populates, you know, because I have it set up as a little shortcut. Okay. And do you manually have to put in that shortcut or can it automatically populate for you or? Yeah. So I'm punching that in. So I do have to type oh, that much, but it still okay. saves some time. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I, I actually did a, <laughs> a post on my blog about a, a dating hack, an online dating hack. And it's, it's this, I don't know if you've heard of it, Nick, but it's, it's called uh, iMacro. Have you heard of iMacro? Uh-uh. Uh, it's for Firefox. I don't know if it's for Chrome as well, but it, it records what you do on your browser, records what you do on your screen, and then you can kind of loop it, basically. And it's a free tool. Okay. And um, so what, what, what me and my friend used to do when we were in San Diego is a couple years ago, uh, we would go on pof.com, which is plenty of fish, free dating site. And then there's this, this 
little panel where it says meet me and you can say yes or no. So we would hit yes and then we would record it. And then we would loop it, you know, like 3,000 times or something before we go to bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then it would go through like every profile and, and send like, you know, all these messages out, you know, so-and-so or Nick Loper wanted to meet you, wants to meet up or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and then so we wake oh, wow. up. Yeah, wake up and there's like 300 messages in the inbox, you know, the next morning. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's working. That's working smarter. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's so cool that that technology allows us to do this kind of stuff that we can never get away with before. Um, so, <clears throat> do you have any other hacks that you recommend or that you'd like to share with us? Um, nothing that's coming uh, coming to mind off the top of my head. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. So. Um, <clears throat> This was a great interview. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we kind of wrap up and go into the lightning round? Let's do the lightning round. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to ask you some of your uh, your biggest struggles as an entrepreneur. What were some of the low points? Uh, getting getting slapped by Google on day one of retirement was pretty sucky. <laughs> um, there, I mean, it's been anything but the you know, the, the lifestyle that I probably naively assumed it was going to be, but lots of ups and downs. And the challenge is always to, to find a way, like to figure out a way, how can I, how can I make this lifestyle happen? Like, how can I get by without relying on somebody else for a paycheck? And so far been able to keep that dream alive and, and feeling with each new experiment, with each new income stream that has even a moderate level of success, kind of the confidence, the confidence grows a little bit like, okay, I'm going to be able to sustain this. I think this is, this is something that I can keep doing. So that's, um, that's what I would say for that one. Uh, what are the, the best, uh, most important lessons you've learned as an entrepreneur? Mm, nothing is permanent. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I had I had the business and and it you know was good for a lot of years, but it you know it doesn't last forever. And you know to be okay with that and to try and find you know another another path another way has been has been important. The other the other biggest lesson would be to to work on your network, like consciously spend time investing in relationships. I can give the example like when I launched the the course, you had a couple high profile endorsements for it that were that were affiliate deals, and so they were earning money from the thing too. But they're not going to go out and you know risk their hard earned reputation promoting something that's crap. And so it was kind of a relationship built over over the course of a couple of years that that put those endorsements in place. What? Um as you know, this, this show is about location independence and location independent entrepreneurship. What are some of the, uh, the highlights of your lifestyle or just being a location independent entrepreneur? Well, for me, like I said, you know, I hang out at home most of the time. So I'm not uh, as much of the digital nomad lifestyle as, as many of your peers. But it's the, you know, it's the ability to take off and go skiing on a Tuesday if, if a storm hits. I think that's awesome. The ability to take extended time off and not have to ask somebody, you know, for vacation or worry about how many vacation days I have left. And so 
you know, my wife still still does work a nine to five job here here in town, and so we're kind of limited a little bit with that. But at least that's one less constraint that we have on on when we can travel, where we can travel. Well, I guess that's one of my personal questions, and because um, you just mentioned that your wife's a, the nine to five, how do you get your your girlfriend or your wife to be an entrepreneur as well with you? <laughs> She's uh, she, she's on board. I love it. Um, yeah. You know, through the the good times and the bad, she's mm-hmm. very very much supportive. Like there's a couple of really low points where I did kind of dust off that resume, start looking at you know some marketing jobs locally, and she's like, you know what, don't don't do that. You're not going to love it. <laughs> you know, you'll find you'll find another way. And it's just very very blessed, very grateful to, to have her in my life. And the side hustle has worn off. She started a, a photo business on, on the side with a partner that's doing really well. So uh, I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> I'm excited for her too. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, because I, I, I know and I know a bunch of different uh, digital nomads out there who, well, they are nomadic until they they settle down with a girl and, and then she's still got the nine to five job and they want to kind of I, I don't know, like it kind of settles them down, but it, it sounds like uh, she's having a good influence on you and, and you're having a good influence on her as well. Yeah, and eventually, you know, hopefully we'll build things to to a point where we don't have to worry about, you know, her nine to five. And yeah. the challenge is the, the, more, the more lucrative it is, the harder it is to walk away from. And so, <laughs> you know... Unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, she's you know very highly educated and has a good job. So yeah. that's that's a pretty it's a good anchor to have, but it, it's still an anchor, you know. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Nick. Um, <clears throat> Nick gives away a ton of valuable content for free. Go check out his his blog at sidehustlenation.com. Anything else you wanted to share? Any anywhere people should go to learn more about you, Nick? Uh, probably a good place to start is that is that list of ideas. So it's sidehustlenation.com slash ideas and you know that will kind of you know let you dive deeper into into the, any of those that you're interested in. Okay, awesome. And you also have a, a podcast, Side Hustle Show, uh, where you interview a bunch of different entrepreneurs and, and how they uh, their their path, right? To making money? Yep, different, uh, been there, done that, side hustlers, entrepreneurs, different business idea uh, every Thursday morning. So come and come and check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nick, again, and um, best of luck to you. Thanks, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.